Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Initech. No, you're working at Initech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had Hello, welcome to Stacks, Stacks and Jackson 2023. Happy New Year to everybody. S&P futures uh, up 13, NASDAQ futures up 54, Dow futures down 109. A little late this morning, I can't even I can't even blame uh, Mr. Weber. I have to blame myself. <laughs> the rain shut off my alarm, Brendan. What the hell? Must have leaked down my <laughs> alarm. Thinking. Uh, how are you? Yeah, Happy yeah, New Year. It's a tremendous start to the year, isn't it? Um, yeah, I was driving home last night from Orland after getting my car serviced. And I had to bring it back to the guy after being halfway home. So that's the way it started out for me. And then, uh, then the last trip down, it was so foggy, they were pulling buses off the, the Lakeshore Drive, which are still off. Wow. And then uh, went up to the local uh, bar and uh, to watch the game and saw how that happened, how that ended up. At least the, mm-hmm. guy's, at least the guy's alive. Uh, yeah, critical condition, I understand, but it's pretty scary. I didn't see the, the play or the game, but I, I read about it and heard about it. It seems like it was pretty scary. Um, yeah, you know, I was actually well, we had the Bulls on next to the to that game, and I actually was watching the the Bulls that particular second. But the guy next to me said, "Gee, the guy just fell over." Yeah, I was watching it, and it was a a pretty routine play over the middle where the pass was completed to the receiver, and the the guy that ended up collapsing uh, went to make a tackle, and it looked like the receiver's helmet hit him right in the chest, and but you know, as as the collision happened, but. You know, it was definitely a, a big collision, but didn't look anything out of out of the ordinary. And then the guy popped up, and then stood there for about a second, and all of a sudden just collapsed unconscious. And you could tell something mm. was bad, but you didn't know if it was a a head injury or what it was. And then when they showed the replay, you could see, you know, he, he didn't seem to be any contact with the head, and it looked like it just the helmet just hit him right in the chest and uh, and stopped his heart. And it was pretty damn scary. Well, you know, that happened. I remember that happening between, in a game between the Bears and the Lions a number of years ago. Uh, this was on the field, as I remember, and a uh, Detroit player just fell dead uh, from a heart attack in the middle of the field. Um, I was mentioning to uh, Matty on the way in. Uh, I actually, well, for whatever reason, I know stuff about, about heartbeats, and uh, an awful lot of people are walking around with atrial fib or have had it or have been treated for it and so forth. But there's something called yeah. ventricular fib which I'm sure you know something about, Brendan. Every, every once in a while, you hear a story about somebody either playing softball or somebody either getting hit somehow or falling or something where if you catch your heartbeat in just the right spot between signals and you have a, do a blow, you end up with what they call ventricular fib. And, and your ventricle can't keep... Your atrium can go into fib all at once, and you're, as long as the ventricles are pumping, you're you're alive. You're not happy, but you're alive. 
But that happens, it stops like pretty much right away. And if you don't have a a defib unit within probably three, four minutes or somebody doing CPR to keep some blood flowing in the brain, you're dead. And right. I'm, I'm going to guess, even without being any sort of a, <laughs> certainly no physician, that the fact they had the defib unit out there in the field that quickly and they, they started him back up, if he was, if he didn't have a lack of blood supply for a while, if they were doing regular uh, cardiac, I'm I'm real relatively optimistic that he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. If 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 well, that's what happened, but you know, all of, all of these things have a new meaning for me over the last month. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, everyone wasn't there. There was a guy in um, high school a couple of years ago. It was at Chicago Public School, and he was playing softball. Mm-hmm. He, he made a dive for the ball, and he landed with the ball right under his, right where his heart is. He landed mm-hmm. on the ball, and he, they didn't, they didn't have an AFib unit around, or a DFib unit around, and he died. I mean, it happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, one thing I will say different, I, I actually was a witness to the Chuck Hughes thing, the Detroit thing. Yeah. Maybe that was in the last, I'm going to say it was in the last two minutes of play, Brennan. That's what I remember, too. It was towards the end zone, wasn't it? And it, it, was, it was a total non-camp tech industry. He just went out for a pattern yeah. and went, went he, down. He just fell. That, that I think, was a... Uh, I won't say legitimate. That, that was a traditional heart attack. He had had a, a real. He was, you know, he was a Jim Fix kind of guy. Where his dad had the heart mm-hmm. attack when he was thirty something, and and uh, he, now then there were no uh, fib units on the field. Right. They just carted him off, and you didn't know he was dead till the next morning. Mm-hmm. Remember, I didn't. Well, I mean, you didn't have news like you do now, but it was the next newspaper was a headline. Remember? Mm-hmm, I do. And uh, but that I think was quite a bit different. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, let's just hope the dude's good, and I'm, I'm the dude's going to be okay, you know, because if, if yeah. that's what it was, and they I mean, got him in time, possible he could even come back and play football at some point. But you know, first, he has to get out of the hospital and uh, on the road to recovery. Well, yeah, it's, it's assuming he has no like broken neck or anything to go with it. But I don't think he does. I well, I I, I haven't seen anything like that. It's like no. it's just a heart issue, no other injury, like Daddy said. He got up and just collapsed from the uh, heart issue. Well, how long it would take you to get over something like that before you want to do anything with contact again? Boy, oh boy. Well, that's another question. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, uh, that, that's pretty brutal. Uh, but yep. uh, yeah. kind of takes away all of the uh, a lot of the uh, discussion about the Bears' performance on Sunday when you think about something like that happening last night in the game. Well, we only got a couple more minutes, unfortunately, Brandon, due to my my fault, but. I listened to the guys on the, on the way back, the Coomer, and who are the other two guys, Manny? It's, uh, they're on the, that station. Uh, not Hilgi, but there's three guys that do the after-game festivities and take the questions. It's Coomer and Schwancy. Who's the other dude? You're talking about on BBM? Yeah. Isn't it, Hilgenberg is one of them? Yeah. Or, yeah, I, I've never listened to it, but um, but yeah, that's the show. But it's, it's <laughs> one guy goes, well, you know, we really need a, a stud-wide receiver if we're gonna, this kid's going to do any better at quarterback. The other guy goes, well, you know, we got to get a tackle. I mean, we don't we don't have any tackle. Neither one of these guys is going to be unless the one guy has a huge strength deal. The guy they drafted, we got to get we got to start with a tackle. The other guy goes, well, you know, we need an edge rusher. We only got like six sacks all year. Then the guy, first guy goes, well, you know, we really need somebody in the middle to stop it up, kind of like a Hicks guy. One guy goes, face it, guys, we need everybody. <laughs> we need every we need everybody. <laughs> I mean, they really what do they need? Like ten players? I mean, it's it's. It's oh, yeah, they looked horrible. I mean, they they really looked like a high school team just mailing it in on Sunday after the after the second drive. It it just seemed like they gave up. You well, know, they weren't playing hard at all. Um, yeah, you know, it was just a total lack of effort. I thought. Well, the guy said once once they had him third and eighteen on the sack, and the guy had a thirty five yard run. He goes, "That was it. He might as well have just yeah. walked off." It's pretty bad. 
All right, Brandon. In the whole second half, they had no energy at all. Brandon, we'll make this up to you, buddy, because we got all kinds of stuff to talk. I want, I want to talk to you about the uh, Supreme Court decision. Well, maybe, maybe we'll get you on later in a week, bud. Uh, okay. SP Futures up 18, Nasdaq Futures up 73. I'll be right back with Joel on Cannon. Unless Manny wants to go right to him. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now. Welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. Time to come on. We miss my word on the board. SP Futures up 18. Dow Futures up 127. NASA Futures up 66. Uh, Europe briefly up, up maybe a percent across the board. Uh, we'll be brief here because we got to get to Joel. We've got the Nikkei flat. We've got the uh, Hang Seng up 363, over 20,000 from 14,500 maybe six weeks ago. That's bizarre, bizarre comeback there. Shanghai up 27.1. The big news today is in gold. Up fourteen bucks, eighteen forty. Silver up forty three cents, twenty four forty seven. And we've got crypto, uh, Bitcoin down three bucks, staying right here between sixteen five and seventeen thousand. Very quiet there in the last really month. And we got the U.S. dollar uh, actually up pretty pretty heavy this morning. Euro is down one twenty six to one oh five. It's been one oh six, but pound pound under one twenty to one nineteen. So the dollar is strong and gold strong, which is kind of unusual. Uh, many efforts traffic weather and sports. Other than it's raining. It's raining out there, 36 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. Uh, we are off to a rainy start here in the new year this Tuesday morning, and it's causing some slowdowns uh, if you're heading into downtown. But no major accidents to report. We're still quiet on the Edens and Kennedy, but traffic's building uh, very heavily on both the Eisenhower and the Stevenson coming in from the west and southwest. Southside expressways are looking okay. Only an issue in the area right now is we have malfunctioning traffic lights at Route 83 and 63rd Street uh, that are causing a bit of confusion. But everything else all quiet out there. Weather today, rain on and off throughout the day, a high of 46. Right now it's rainy and 42 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, rain in the forecast down there as well and a high of 58. Right now it's overcast and 49. In sports, the Bulls uh, blew a big lead and ultimately lost to the Cavs in overtime, 145-134. to Donovan Mitchell missed a free throw on purpose and tied the game in the closing seconds to send it to OT. He was unstoppable, finishing with 71 points last night, the most points scored in, in an NBA game since Kobe Bryant scored 81. Uh, so the Bulls uh, dropped that game in Cleveland. Suns were blown out by the Knicks, 102-83. to In hockey, Blackhawks and Coyotes were both off. Hawks host the Lightning tonight, 7-30. Coyotes are in Florida to take on the Panthers. And uh, in college football, Illinois lost to Mississippi State in the Reliaquest Bowl. 19-10 to was the final in that one. 
And some scary news in Monday Night Football that was scary enough that they suspended the game and no announcement uh, of it being made up as a uh, Bills defensive back collapsed on the field after apparently suffering cardiac arrest after a collision. DeMar Hamlin is in critical condition, and uh, we'll keep you posted as we learn more about that. Uh, but that game uh, was suspended with the Bengals leading 7-3 to in the first quarter. Chief. Uh, we have Mr. Joel? We do. Joel, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing okay, Chief. How's the year treating you so far? Uh, you don't want to ask. We were late in this morning, so... Uh um, I went to the, get the truck fix yesterday, and it was halfway back, and I had to go back and have it readjusted. So, other than that, but we're all alive and we're all here, so it's uh, going to be a good year. I have a feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a you know a rocky start to me on uh, on New Year's Eve. I uh, had a had a wonderful time in Arizona. Um, this is if you like uh, concrete in strip malls, but yep. uh, <laughs> not quite used to the environment out there. But I'm all. I'm sure you want to all what, hear what I think about uh, the Michigan Wolverines, and um, I think you could sum it up pretty easily. And I'm not going to talk about the referees. I'm just going to say Jim Harbaugh got out coached very badly, and uh, starting from the first drive, you know, you get the ball, uh, they defer. You get the ball, you drive down to the two-yard line, fourth and two, you kick the field goal. Yeah. Instead of running your Philly special, I don't think I'll ever eat a Philly cheesesteak again. Uh, <laughs> and then after that, I mean, a lot of different things happen. You can talk about the controversial calls, but um, just very disappointed. And uh, some people might be surprised to hear this, but if an NFL team wants them, they can have them. Oh, without a doubt. Um, without a doubt. He, he built up the program. But, I mean, he didn't execute in a time when he needed to execute. So, had a wonderful time with my wife, met a lot of great people, um, got to spend a lot of time with my sister. The, the only thing was the outcome of the game wasn't exactly what I wanted. What did, uh, I went out to the Fiesta Bowl, got a long time ago. Lou Holtz was, was a coach, and the Irish beat uh, West Virginia with Major Harris. It was a good game. And you know what, Joel? It was the game was so friggin' long. It, it three hours forty five minutes. I almost couldn't remember the first quarter, and I wasn't even and I wasn't drinking. It was. I mean, how did you guys? I, the, the Ohio State game, the the kick went off right right as the as the the ball dropped in New York. It was four hours. <laughs> what what do you do out? What'd you do there for? I mean, I I, I fell asleep on both of them. I mean, I, how do you how do you watch those games? I mean, I I don't know. It's, it's well, like, when you're with, uh, you know, 70,000 screaming fans, yeah, it's yeah. pretty easy to pay attention. How's that, sta- how's that stadium? Uh, oh, boy. Uh, I don't want to go into another rant, but um, it's certainly no Michigan stadium. Uh, you know, for 65,000, 70,000 people, they got like five, six gates and not easy access in. Um, you know, it, it was okay. It, it was loud. It was very loud. Uh and, you know, it was easier getting out because as soon as they hit zero, I grabbed Lisa's arm and I said, we're out of here. But, um, uh, you know, we, we had transportation to and from the game. So, you know, I, I mean, the stadium wasn't bad. It's just these professional stadiums, uh, I mean, you know, you grow up going to games in the big house for, for 55 years. It's hard to go to another stadium and, uh, and you know, and, uh, and look at it the same way. But, uh you know, the, like the tailgates were good. The people were good. I didn't get into um, any physical altercations. 
Well, that's good, um, for, that's good for you. And, uh, you know, overall, it, it was a fun time. It, it, just as I said, as you could tell, you know, my disappointment in Jim Harbaugh. Um, was but we're at basketball school. Did you see what we did to Maryland on, uh, yeah, on Sunday? I saw. A highly ranked Maryland team. We beat them by 40 points. So I'm going to go back to it. We're I, a basketball school. And I like so that coach. I like that uh, coach. An okay football team, but we're a basketball school. Now, he's got, he's got two kids playing on the team? Yeah, Jet uh, is the freshman, very highly regarded. And then uh, Jace, I believe, is a sophomore or junior, a uh, good defensive player. Yeah, he's got two of his kids on the team. When it comes down to Michigan uh, basketball, is if they got someone can guard Hunter Dickinson, then the other team wins. If they don't have someone that can handle Hunter, uh, we have a big advantage. And, uh, the big guys from Maryland didn't step it up, but uh, up and down team until until that game on Sunday, I wasn't even optimistic they were going to make the tournament. Weren't, weren't you, uh, would you uh, recommend this was a Michigan sponsored trip, right? Or Michigan oh, yeah. alumni or something, and and you basically no problems. I mean, the airfare, the buses, everything was all there, and it was it all went off well. It was nicely done. Oh yeah, and we even had Southwest Airlines. Really? As the yeah, it, it was all chartered. Yeah, it. It was a great way to go. Uh, got to spend, uh, you know, meet just you know people from all over the country. Uh, had a few minutes with uh, the president of the, uh, the university that showed up at events and pep rally, and uh, never had to rent a car, never had to park a car. Um, you know, meals were all taken care of. So yeah, I, I, I would do it. I would definitely do it again. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we we went we went the uh, the A route. We just didn't get the outcome that we wanted. Well, there seems to be a without going into refereeing. We only had a couple minutes. There seems to be quite a difference between uh, targeting in the NFL and targeting in college. College, I can't wait to kill these kids. It's uh, uh, I, yeah. plus you know I, I have a I know Kevin always gives me grief, but I have this thing about is football. We saw last night, and I'm not going to go into that being the cause of it because I don't think uh. it was, but. Uh, as these guys keep wearing less and less equipment, you know, if if you're going to wear shorts, you know, I, I guess I'm not really for it because I think you should make people wear enough to where it actually slows them down a little bit. You know, wearing shorts and uh, an artificial turf, it's not the same as playing football in the mud where everybody's going a little slower. And you know, kill kill each other. Well, I shouldn't say that after last night, but uh, mm-hmm. but the uh, well, at least. You know, outfit the kids in shorts. Don't make it so obvious that you gave them a pair of shears and they cut their own pants off. Did you? Are you watching the guys walking around? They all, they all look like they cut the pants themselves. Yeah, they want to be as fast as possible, and uh, yeah, that's still um, it's still in everybody's mind. It's hard to talk about, you know, the markets and in sports when uh, you saw what happened to uh, yeah. Jamar Hamlin there, and uh, um, you know, very upsetting. Our prayers are. Our prayers are thought with him and his family. It was definitely a, a scene that um, that uh, you haven't seen in a long time. And uh, well, as soon as yeah, they just, just as put as things in perspective, huh, Chief? Well, as soon as they said they were waiting for his mom to ride the air, the hospital with him, I got the feeling that he's going to be okay. And I sure hope I'm right. I sure hope I'm right. Okay, good. I'll I'll um, I will uh, I'll pass it on. As far as the markets go, Chief, I just want to say you know I took a couple days off from the markets and. Watch the volatility, uh, you know, in the overnight session. Big old rage overnight. Um, the way things are setting up for me, I, I think the market, I'd really like to see it prove itself early. I mean, we saw last year 
you know, the highs, you know, came in very early in the year, and it was a rough year. But the way things are setting up for the year, for the quarter, for the week, and also for the day, um, they're all coming together. And this 3850 level, uh, we did take it out in the pre-market. But uh, if the longer we hold that thing, I'm going to put a bull cap on, and I'm going to fight all these bears. If we can't hold 3850, then I'll, you know, then I'll go in everyone else's camp for uh, a recast of that 3500 low. But uh, we're looking okay now. And uh, let's hope uh, that continues to the regular season. How is it? How couldn't we get a little push on Friday? I could have really used one. I'm real, I was really uh, surprised we were down on Friday. They kind of did near the end, and they kind of did near the after hours. I was, uh, I, I, I was not participating in the markets on Friday. So, you know, just kind of squared off. There wasn't, we did rally off the low. Uh, did have some uh, strong buying in the after hours. So, All right, but that's it, Chief. Take uh, care of yourself. Be back. Go Blue. Yep. We'll talk next week. SP Futures up 18, Nancy is up 76. Be right back real quick, Mr. Kenny Polkerry. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Look at them yo-yos. That's the way you do it. You play the guitar on the MTV. That ain't working. That's the way you do it. Money for nothing and it's just free. Now that ain't working. Well, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. Weber on the board. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Kenny. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy New Year to you as well. I hope I hope you had a nice uh, New Year. Actually, uh, we did. I uh, although Audrey and I went out, uh, we didn't make any big time plans because I was watching some of the games, and she actually was doing some work. And uh, so yep. we just snuck out and uh, 
re- reservations were hard to get, so we just went to one of the local uh, Irish places that has a really good pizza and uh, walked in, and guess what? There were two spots waiting for us at the bar. So we went in and had a pizza and watched some of the game, and everything was good. That's great. I made uh, I made beef short ribs. I let them I let them baste in the oven for five hours on uh, on uh, uh, in the morning. I made them in the morning. They stayed in there all day. And we made some broccolini. I made sweet potatoes. I made mashed potatoes. I made a big salad. Some nice red wine. And we had a big family dinner. It's uh, good for at, you. Uh, you know, seven o'clock. So you were just Perfect. you were disdaining the football. Uh, we went back and forth on that, but it was a beautiful day. So actually, my kids are down visiting, so we spent the day out on the water and at the beach. So yes, on the edge. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I belong to listen. Just let's set the record straight. I belong to a boat club, so it allows me to get. You know, I can go from a twenty-two foot to a thirty-five foot, depending on who I am, when I'm going, who I'm going with. I'm going by myself. I'll go small. I'm going with a lot of people. I'll go bigger. I can stay in the intercoastal. I can go out in the ocean, right? I can do whatever. And then at the end, I just bring the boat back and say, thank you very much. I don't have to clean it. I don't have to keep it up. I don't have to do anything. I just have to put gas in it, drive it away. Thank you very much. I'm done. Hey, good for you. But one of, actually, one of the guys I work with over at the NFO, he did the same thing in Carolina. He tried his own boat. He said, the hell with that. He joined a boat club. He said, have a nice time. I can say it's so much. The truth is it is so much easier because... You just, you know, you, oh, okay, you're going to plan a little bit in advance when you want the boat, right, especially now because it's the height of the season. Uh, but if you plan in advance, you know, you can get the boat for minimum three hours. You can have it the whole day if you want. Um, and then uh, and then you go do your thing. So that's what we did. It was perfect, actually. Well, I would, I've, I've driven uh, a few that were up to the 25 and 26, you know, with the twin-engine jobs. Yeah. Before I planted my behind in one with my family in there, a 35-footer, I sure as hell want to learn how to do it. Well, I'll go tell you this. At 35 feet and above, they do suggest, because you, you can get even a bigger boat, but the bigger boat you have to have a captain on. Makes if sense. If it's at 35 foot or below, they'll let you take it yourself. But at 35 feet, I'd rather have somebody else drive so I can actually enjoy the ride. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, if, it's a 20, if it's a 25 or a 28 footer, I don't mind driving it. It's fine. But if it's a 35 footer, I'd rather sit back and enjoy and let somebody else drive. And it's fine because... So they got, if you need a captain, you just book the captain, and that's it. So that costs you a little bit extra money, but certainly doesn't cost you anything like it would to have to maintain the boat and moor the boat and stock the boat, all the other stuff. So it works for me. Well, I, well next week we have some time. I'll tell you a story about Dr. J's birthday. I don't know which one it was. We went out on the river in one of those little electric things that are like 15 feet long or 12 feet long with a, yeah. with a cooler and about eight of us. And I'm like, the guy goes, just make sure to the captain – isn't the guy driving? Isn't isn't drinking while he's driving? He's got to move over and trade off with somebody. I'm going, and we're on the river. River is mob with these boats, and a barge goes by. I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> right. I mean, a little twelve foot dinghy next to a barge. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we didn't look. For yeah, it. you know that doesn't happen in the intercoastal. I mean, you get some you get some nice size yachts that are in the coastal, but because you're 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 just cruising along, you're not getting those. You know those big. You're not getting big waves that are gonna that are gonna cause a problem for you at all. When I was with the CBOA, we rented a, a boat for the evening on the intercoastal. Can't even think it was a hundred feet long. I don't know how many people they thought yeah. we were gonna have. We had like six of us on this thing. But in order for the guy to turn around, he had to do a three point turn. He had to make it to go into one of the cutoffs yeah. and back out into the intercoastal. He he was he was longer. The intercoastal was wide. I think I mean, whatever. But it was. Uh, I never saw a guy do a three point turn in a boat before. But then he had the he had the maneuvering thrusters. He didn't have to do it with the with the wheel. He could just you know yeah. buzz them up front and just turn it that way. But anyway, what do you make of this uh, 
market. What do you make of uh, Friday? I couldn't believe we were down. Uh, oh, before I, before I forget, every time I go to the restaurant depot, I look at the huge things of short ribs, and I say, yeah. I don't know how to cook these things. I'm going to have to hit you up for that recipe. Listen, it is so simple to cook the short ribs. Oh, my God. You just have the, the trick is you got to let them baste in the oven. You know, the longer they're in the oven covered tightly, the the, 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 the softer and sweeter they're going to be. They fall off the bone. Oh, my God, it's so delicious. All, right, well you All you do is brown them. Are you Season them with salt, pepper, brown them in a, a pot with some olive oil, nice and brown so they get crusty. And then you and then you cover them with, uh, with uh, garlic, celery, carrots, and onions. And then you put the ribs on top, and then back in that same pan, you you do uh, a, a half a can of tomato paste, red wine. I use white wine because I didn't have I I, I, I I didn't want to use a red wine. I only had one really good bottle. I want to save that for dinner, so I used a white wine this time, which was fine. And beef broth, and um, bring it to a boil, and then let the alcohol burn away, and then pour all that juice on top in your short ribs. Cover it really tight and put it in a 350 degree oven and let them stay in there for four or five hours as they're going to be covered tight though because that's what causes them to get really soft and delicious. Uh, and pull them out. All right, I can, I can, I, I can do it. But I'll send you the recipe in my note. Don't worry. Uh, please do it. Hey, uh, what do you, you make of this? What do you think of this year? I, here's, here's my prediction. Tell me I'm a knucklehead. I think I'm an action, I'm, I'm coming up with an alternative strategy, uh, Kenny, for, uh, for my people that I do the protected for. I mean, protected yep. strategy was, I think, the one to have last year. I mean, we saved pretty much every, you know, most everybody's dough uh, in there. But I think it's time to maybe maybe have a, a strategy for, I'll say, a bathtub type recovery. We don't we just kind of stay flat for a while. I don't know how much lower we're going to go, but I don't know if I don't see any screaming rally coming here either. I, I'm trying to get into some kind of a maybe a covered straddle riding thing, which for years and years was a great strategy, and then all of a sudden we went up every year. All these strategies seem to come back, don't they? I mean, it's the market. They do, and I think you'll I think you'll do well with that kind of a strategy this year. Because I agree with you. I don't necessarily think it's gonna. I don't think we'll get a forty percent rally this year. I think it's going to continue to be kind of a tough road, especially the first quarter of six months of the year. I think there's some potholes in front of us, and that's going to cause. It's going to keep the market in a trading range, right? If we get, I think this year, if we get somewhere between an eight to ten percent return. Uh, added divvy, so maybe it's ten to twelve percent. I think that's probably what uh, what the outlook appears to be. That seems to be consensus among a lot of street analysts um, and strategists. Uh, that's about what we're going to get. But I think you have to continue to expect in this rising rate environment, not only here in the states but around the world. The central bankers have made it very clear um, that inflation is going to be their their issue. And if it's going to happen, if they're going to be more aggressive, it's going to happen this year. Why? Because it's not an election year. And Powell made that very clear that anyone that thinks they're going to pivot this year should rethink that strategy. If anything, it comes in 24. And guess what? 24 is a presidential election cycle. So, of course, if they're going to start to cut rates, they're going to do it that year. So I'm not expecting that this year you're going to see that. You might get a pause, which means they don't do anything, but you're not going to get a pivot. And I think that's going to cause the markets to remain kind of volatile. But look, even in that disaster, and I put it in my note this morning, if you look at the indexes, it looks like last year was a complete disaster. But there were plenty of areas that actually posted gains. Certainly in the energy space, in the, in the fossil fuel oil, ExxonMobil, Chevron did very well. Oil services, Halliburton, Slumberger well, did a- very well. Metals and mining, up 10%, did very well. Um, what else? There were a bunch of other... Yeah, but Kenny, that's a- I'll go back and look at it. But look at my note and you'll see, right? I highlighted the yep. news that, did, that, that actually posted positive gains on the year so that... 
know, if you were in those centers, you certainly had some upside advantage, right? That's not like I'm four years old talking to my mother. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I'm say, yeah, yeah. But the issue there, Kenny, is that uh, the the oil stuff is a, is yep. a two edged sword. I mean, it is. Like, You're exactly right. Ninety-eight I mean, percent of the population is pissed off at the at the oil prices, and and the two percent that own the stocks are happy. So, I mean, it's not like it's a. <laughs> I, mean, you're, you're, you're not, I hear you, but the fact is, oil demand is not going away. I no. don't care what they say; it's just not going away right now. Certainly not in in my lifetime. I don't think. Is there ultimately going to be a change? Renewables certainly, but renewables aren't there yet. Doesn't mean you shouldn't you shouldn't have exposure renewables. I'm not I'm not pooing renewables at all. But what I'm saying is that that classic fossil fuel energy demand is alive and well. And so, therefore, whether you, whether you, you, you like the price or not, you should have exposure to that space because that's going to help you. Kenny, I don't know, uh, we don't have that much time. But, you know, next week, if we get a chance, let's make a note here. Matty, you're, you're a man. Make a little note here. I want to ask you about just that very issue because we had an interesting discussion with Carl on Friday, and he's all over this energy issue. And uh, when you talk about... Uh, fossil fuel demand, you know, is not going down. Well, you're not going to get any argument really out of anybody who has a brain cell working. But they're they're killing it. I mean, Carl's talking about that the TVA. He lives in Tennessee now. So the TVA, yep. uh, they will tell you what their maximum capability is from water, from electric, from. Ele- he says it's it's nowhere near that. They almost had a, a, a brownout. Or they did have a brownout. Because every time they pull a, a coal plant offline, they bulldoze it. Because I, I hear you. Yeah, I, mean, I hear you. But look, coal, thank you very much. Coal was another sector last year that getting BTU was up 165%. Well, we're, I mean, your BTU is Peabody Energy, right? Coal. It's all about coal mining. And so you're right. But look what happened across Europe. They're, they're, they're firing up those coal plants all over again. Well, we, we can't wait to, to knock them down, and yet... Illinois, which is, uh, and Kenny, you might be one of the only few people who know this, Illinois has like the largest depository of coal like of any place in the world. But right. it's, it's the high sulfur Ill- coal. Illinois does? Sure. Without a I doubt. I did not know that. Um, but it's the high sulfur stuff that nobody wants. But, yeah. but they all of a sudden last year, they're exporting the crap out of it to, to uh, China and India. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to start exporting it to Europe as well because they're going to need it if, if Putin, you know, Putin continues to have a temper tantrum. You know, they can't. It's clear now that no one's going to depend on on Russia. Certainly, India yeah. will and China will because they're in bed with Russia. But not, you know, the developed world is going to start to. I would hope is going to start to put him, you know, in the box, keep him in the box, and that's just going to create more demand in my mind for not only uh, uh, natural uh, oil and natural gas, but also for coal. You know what it is, Kenny? Real quick. In high school, I can't believe I remember this. These no, these words I'll throw at this hour of the morning. The coal you get from like the uh, Wyoming and so forth, the UCL unit coal trains, that's relatively yeah. low sulfur. That's anthracite coal. The stuff in Illinois yeah. is bituminous coal. How are those for two words in the morning? That only only if you went to <laughs> only if you went to school in Illinois, you would even know that, right? Because <laughs> it was such a big thing here. But yeah, they stopped using the. I think they still use it for uh, coking coal and stuff because it's got more more heat in it. We got it. Just yeah. bel- it just belches sulfur. That's why they're yeah, gonna yeah. Ha- they're going to have. Uh, Manny, remember the story? They're going to put the coal plant where they were going to take the sulfur dioxide and put it underground for a while, and then they can that story. Remember that? We talked about that like five years ago. They were going to build an experimental plant downstate, and then all of a sudden they just bagged it. After, I kind of do, yeah. After they bought the property and everything, they said, "Hell, they didn't build it." I mean, it's, yeah. it's really yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, what do you what do you uh, 
So what do you mean? You know, what, what does it tell you, real quick? As a, well, to, I've said real quick here a bunch of times, but uh, what happens technically if a day like today? Now, we, in the last two weeks, we've probably had this in the morning five times, only to only to fall what? apart. What does it tell you today if all of a sudden we close down fifty in the S and P's and set up twenty? Is it is that a horrible start? I think it is. I don't. I don't know how horrible. I'm no technical guy. Yeah, no, no. I think that is a very horrible start. Remember, last year, the first five days of the year, we were up, 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 and up. It was like it was never going to end, right? Yeah. And then suddenly it, it turned the corner. I think if we end up down today, which I don't think we're going to do, although I don't think we're going to end up with a hugely positive day, but I do think it's going to end a little bit higher. Um, but if we end up down, I don't think I think that sets a very negative tone. It, but I'm not surprised because, honestly, nothing has really changed. All the issues remain, right? The Fed is still hiking. Inflation is still high. It's becoming more sticky. We still have reduction in the balance sheet. None of that stuff's been resolved. No. So, um, you know, that's why I talk about, you know, the first quarter, at least, or the first six months are going to continue to be uh, rocky, and investors just should understand that and then prepare accordingly. Last question, I promise. Tesla, how do you... <laughs> How do you take, almost, we're pushing $850, $900 billion out of the value of one stock and not, not it leave a bruise on virtually every investor? How do you do what, say how do you How do you take that much money out of one stock and not leave a bruise across the market? Well, I, listen, I, I, I think you do leave a bruise across the market, and I think that's what we saw a lot in the tech space. They took all that money out of a lot of those things. I think it did bruise, but what I think it did do was give investors, you know, open their eyes a little bit to um, to the much broader uh, uh, opportunity out there, right? Where else can you put your money that's not going to come under uh, attack if rates continue to rise? And that's certainly in the stuff that people need, and you and I have been talking about it. So staples, healthcare, uh, energy certainly are all places, and actually performed, performed reasonably well. Certainly energy was up, but... Utilities, consumer stables, and healthcare. That what were they down one percent and down three percent respectively? Yeah. That's a win, in my opinion. Once you add, oh it god, yes. At least you're flat. You didn't lose twenty five or thirty five percent. If you're down five or six percent on the year, and the prices are where they are now, you're you've got ninety five percent of the arrows in your quiver, and you're shooting a much better game here. Agreed. All right, buddy. Happy New Year. We'll talk next week about that energy Thanks. stuff because you, mm-hmm. a couple of the other guys on the show. Uh, or one guy who's in the infrastructure stuff tries to get in those companies. The other guy talks about, you know, Carol knows all about, you know, capabilities of the different uh, areas. And, the, and uh, but I th- obviously, you seem to have some knowledge in here, too, in terms of the side. So let's let's tap into that next week, if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> right, SP Futures up 22, right. Nancy Futures 89. Be right back. Uh, Professor Helsner. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. 
Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now. Something happening here. Hello, everybody. Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Thomas. Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures up 20. And SP Futures up 80. We've been hanging right here. Hopefully, we'll hang in there and have a decent day. And that fall apart like we have a couple days in the last few weeks. Where I've done the, the 20 points here at this hour. And by the time the show's over, we're even. And by 9 o'clock, we're down 40. So, hopefully, right. Professor, Happy New Year to you and your whole gang. Happy New Year. How are you? You have a good weekend? Did you, uh, were you down at Times Square? Were, you see the guy with the machete? No, I we uh, stay away from Times Square. My wife is never; she's a New Yorker. She's never been to uh, Times Square for years. And before I married her, I don't think she ever went to the Empire State Building. So you know, I have never, I have never. <laughs> what do you say? Is I'll get her down to Times Square. I've never been to the Empire State Building, but when we used to go to the New York, uh, all that we used to go uh, probably three, four times a year when I was on the board of Seaball, maybe five. I don't think I ever had a trip where I didn't go to the windows of the world in the old World Trade Center. I thought that that thing was spectacular. I could I could sit yeah. up there with the view of New York Harbor and all the ships moving around and stuff. I never got bored with that view, looking right out over the yeah. Statue of Liberty and stuff. I mean, well, she she had never been to the uh, Statue of Liberty either. Um, so I'll have to introduce her now that we got married and we were we were living outside of New York. We'd come in, we'd go to the Statue of Liberty, we'd go to the Empire State Building. Um, but now that we're living here, I'm going to take her to Times Square one of these years. So. Well, I just... Uh, yeah, but I was not there when that guy uh, wielded that thing. I was talking to... Uh, um, well, Matt knows her. Uh, Tiffany over at Tripoli. She just came back from New York, and they went to a Broadway show. Guess what the number is on a Broadway show now? The price? Yeah. Uh, probably, I don't know, 200 bucks? Maybe 150 She went to know. see. She went to see... Is it sh- Chicago's a play? Uh, I guess she went to see Chicago. Said it was spectacular. It was two fifty. She said all the rest of them were like six fifty, seven hundred. That's wow, a nice. Wow. That's a yeah, nice. When we went to the Lion King as a family a few uh, summers ago, it was uh, I think eight hundred dollars for six people, and that didn't include the popcorn or the the water or the soda. You go to a really nice play and they have popcorn. I I, I would never have guessed that. I never. Had- uh, uh, Lion King, they had it. Yeah, they had popcorn. Uh, they had, like, you know, the typical um, souvenirs that you'd buy from a New York City 
street corner. We got these Lion King cups. I don't even want to know how much they cost. I just went. <laughs> well, when I way back in the uh, in the day when I first met Audrey, uh, you know, we hung up on the trading floor a little bit. Of course, she she was after me. I love. I hope she's listening. Uh, so she buys tickets for Les Miserables. Talk about a downer night for, a, for like a first date. <laughs> kind of a kind of a dark play. You, you know, you don't uh, you know you don't like walk out of that one to say let's go have a drink and go frolic. I mean, you're like God. My wife and I, my wife and I went to Monty Python. That's what you need to do. Yeah, we did see uh, the Jersey Boys. I thought that was really good. Um, with about uh, Frankie. Uh, uh, in the Four Seasons, no, Frankie. What's his name? Frankie Valley. Oh. Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, and uh, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember any popcorn. But actually, the, the story about the New York. This is actually I'll, I'll tell a story because I think it's it's pretty interesting. It has to do about stocks, right? Which which is very really tough to do now, by the way. Um, we I went out to New York and I saw a bunch of uh, well, a bunch went to see some clients and had uh, had. Uh, Went over to this Mexican place right near uh, Times Square where they do fast money. So I met Pete, Nigerian, and a couple of the guys from there. What a couple of great guys. We talk about knowing a lot about sports, boy. And I think it might have been Guy Adami was one of those guys. And uh, so we sit there and we have our, those guys, of course, had to hit the trains home. So they take off, and I'm sitting there by myself at 8 o'clock. So I go, what the hell? So I wander my way into the hotel bar where you always can find, you always can find a com- conversation in a hotel bar in New York because everybody's from every place else, right? So I'm sitting down next to this lady, and she, of course, starts talking to me. There's this big guy, bigger than me, at the bar, you know, Mr. Bragg, talking about he owns all these places in Costa Rica and blah, blah, blah. So the lady, first she gives me a huge dissertation about how she's there every Tuesday. Because on Tuesday you can you can buy, well, whatever day it was, you can buy the tickets for the matinees the next week. And she loved plays, but she couldn't afford the full ticket, although she was in the bar. And uh, and she says, you, you got you to stand in line for the matinee tickets. On, what, Wednesday's the matinee day or something? I believe. And uh, they're a lot cheaper. So they, they have two performances. I think it's a Wednesday. And it's been that way traditionally for you know, 100 years in New York. So this guy keeps talking about all the money. So finally she says, okay, where did you make your money like big mouth <laughs> type of thing? And I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at this guy, and, I'm, and just my instincts are, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a south side dude. My dad was a cop. When I, well, we died around I was four, so I didn't know him very well. I'm sitting there, this guy's got to be a New York cop. He just sounds just like it. Sure enough, the guy's a New York cop. So he had... He, he had a, he was kind of a wacko dude, but he had, he actually went on, he had a, a, a call, a police call, and he went to some building where there was noxious gas. So he ended up having to be off work. He didn't have any damage in his lungs, but he pretty much had to be off for like two, three months. So his dad owned a printing company. So some guy, some buddy of his says, this is right when the internet started. And this guy had some dot bomb company. And uh, so he goes, I need to get this done, but I can't get... The art, the art, you couldn't get, you couldn't scan the really good art on the internet at that stage. As I need a printer, so my dad has a printing company. I got nothing to do. I'll do the printing stuff for you. Guy said, "Well, I'll pay you, you know, whatever, five grand." It was a big deal. I goes, "No, I want some stock. The stocks I trade, you know, five tenths of a cent, that kind of thing. Not even five tenths of a cent. It was like, you know, a one thousandth of a cent." So he gives a guy like, you know, hundred thousand shares of this stuff, or maybe more than that, a couple hundred thousand, and he's got a certificate. Which now, if you have a certificate. You try and put it any place they think you're a money launderer. How how the hell the government's doing that to people without telling them? I have no idea. But hand us a certificate. If you haven't had an account here for a bunch of years, and we're the same as Schwab on this, you haven't had an account here for 100 years and blah, blah, blah. Nobody wants a paper certificate, even though there's nothing wrong. There's nothing illegal. Anyway, 
So the guy, he's, he, he can't sell it for like two years. So the stock is, all of a sudden, it's a tenth of a cent. Then it's a cent. Then it's two cents. Then it's five cents. So he, at one point, he's, he's allegedly got a million or two dollars. And his wife's telling him what an idiot he is because he can't even sell it. He's a, literally a, a paper millionaire. So the day, the day it, it comes due, he flies to Florida to get the transfer agent to okay the stock, runs to his, a branch of his brokerage firm, or we had Bear Stearns or somebody, deposits it and sells it for like $2 million bucks stock for, from his buddy. So then it turns out, six months later, the company goes under. The guy is, is like a, a Bankman Freed. He, gets, he goes to jail for embezzlement and for stealing all the money out of the company. The dude comes out of, that's a friend of his, the dude comes out of prison like five years later, and he goes, hey, can you spot me 50 grand to get started again? The guy goes, I said, screw him. <laughs> I didn't even, so wait a minute, you made, <laughs> you made $2 million on this guy? Needs 50000 as, as, a, as, a, as a, you know, a way to get started again, and you told him no? Yeah, screw him. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so there's your basic New Yorker. <laughs> you know, hope you don't, hope you don't turn into that guy. <laughs> He makes two million. No, makes two million dollars off the guy, and he, he won't lend him fifty coming out. Of, what do you mean lend him? Just give him fifty coming. Out. So he owned he owned a bunch. Well, isn't that fifty? Isn't that fifty k seed money for his next scam? Well, that's what. Well, whatever. I mean, you think he'd help the guy out for you know give, buy him a Big Mac or He's something? He's doing a public like, service. He's doing a public <laughs> service by not giving him the fifty k. I, I guess. Hey. uh... We, <laughs> How about? Would you mind? Uh, I know you. I mean, this is not your your something you you focus on every day. Have you ever seen a, an economy that's growing right in front of our very eyes with this name, image, and likeness stuff in this in a in football and, and basketball and all these other sports in college? I mean, are you guys? Are you your people in class ask you about this at all? I mean, it's to me, it's fascinating. I don't, I don't think I've gotten. I haven't gotten very many questions about it. So I think young people. I don't know. I think young people are not really into sports like I was. I mean, all I want to do is be Michael Graham from Georgetown with the shaved head and shaved eyebrows or Earl Campbell and run over people. That's all I wanted to be when I was a young kid. But I don't think young people are all that tuned in to sports. I really don't. I think uh, people who are a little older, maybe have graduated from college that has a football team are into it. And then an older... Older group of people are in, into it. I don't think a lot of young people are. I don't run to a lot of. Well, I work at uh, small liberal arts colleges or uh, private Christian university uh, since 2013. So uh, the population of students I'm exposed to are just not into into athletics. Do they have any kind of? What do they have? Club sports or not even that? Well, uh, we have uh, NCAA Division Two like lacrosse. We have basketball. But we, uh, neither one of the schools I worked at since 2013 had a football team. So. And I think that's where mostly NIL money is. It's in uh, Division One basketball and then major college football. And So I, I'm just out around a lot of young people who are interested in it. But I think, on the average, I think most young people uh, just kind of understand that culture somewhat. I'm not an expert on it at all, but... I do interact with these young people, and I think, I think even at these liberal arts colleges, progressive liberal arts colleges, I think uh, they they are probably okay with these guys earning income off their name, image, and likeness. So I think they'd probably be okay with it. I don't think they find it uh, uh, scandalous. I think I think maybe the old system was because it would punish the kids that 
uh, had value and, and wanted to profit off it, the NCA prohibited them from doing so, or selectively prohibited certain people from profiting off their name, image, and likeness. Well, no, Dr. J's bro, uh, late brother, in fact, uh, Paul, <clears throat> my nicest man I ever met. I mean, uh, John's brother, Paul, was uh, <clears throat> I, mean, I, I thought he was a very special guy. He died of uh, ALS way, way, way too young. Um, he was going to hey, camp. Uh, uh, was he? Was he playing football at all? Oh yeah, he was. Uh, it was. It was. It was sports related. Um, you know, they say that. When I say they say that, uh, a lot of people. Well, I mean, obviously, let's uh, say Gary Cooper, not Gary Cooper. Uh, uh, what's it? The first baseman from the uh, Lou Gehrig, uh, hence the name Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, he played football, Columbia. He was one of the best two sport players ever. Uh, and, and there's a lot of people who played football and think it has something to do with that. Yet, there are people that have it that never played football, and, and women get it too. That never played any sport. Yeah. So it's not like it's. It seems more prevalent among people who uh, have uh, had contact had contact injuries, but it's not exclusive there at all. Because I know a couple so there, of ladies who died of it. As a statistician, I'm looking for a confounding factor, something that is linked to the people who play football. And the people who don't play football that end up with this disease, and I think that might be driving it. So there might be this selection issue, where um, maybe football players do something, an activity, or uh, they diet in a certain way that, uh, or could be the fact that it could be random. I'm going to go on a limb and say that football players have a higher percentage of getting it than the general population. <clears throat> but it's not like yeah. it's contagious, and it's not like people yeah. who, don't, who don't play football can't get it. So, yeah. uh, I'm gonna d- maybe, well, maybe, maybe, maybe the uh, people who uh, don't play football who get it, maybe they had a car crash or suffered a well, could be concussion at some point in their life. Who's the yeah. guy who's the the world's smartest man? He had it, right, Manny? Tell the guy who just died, the physicist, Borling, or what the hell's his name? Really? Yeah, maybe, maybe it sprained his brain. Well, no, the guy who. Uh, <laughs> How he stayed alive all those years where he had the thing to hold his head up and he had to have a tube because he oh, couldn't yeah, swallow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hawking. It? Yeah, Hawking. He, he lived probably longer than anybody else. I don't I don't know that he, you don't find too many physicists playing football, but maybe he did. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, when I was a freshman in high school, I sustained a, sustained a pretty nasty concussion. Uh, one of the uh, TAs, the senior on the football team, was snapping their white towels at us, little freshmen. And I tried to avoid it. I was naked. I tried to avoid the uh, towel, and I ran into the shower. And it was a concrete floor. And I slipped on a bar of soap. Literally slipped on a bar of soap. And my head hit the concrete floor. And I was okay until I was in English class. And then I flopped on the floor. And I remember my classmate, Tina Crow, looking at me going, Hal, would you quit goofing off? (laughs) And then I blacked out for like four hours. Seriously, it was it was really bad. Well, it seems like these uh, again, no doctor. The uh, concussion incidents are if you have one or two, it doesn't seem to really. Well, there's another gross generalization, but it seems like the people that get the smaller ones time and time again. I mean, Jan played football. He he doesn't remember having any. Well, <laughs> doesn't remember having. Pete claims he can name like twenty of them. Hmm. You know, which smaller ones where he kept playing. You know. Uh, just kind of strange stuff, but to me, it's it's somewhat fascinating, you know, because it's there's like three different layers of this thing, and and, and it really takes a while. Even I don't want to take time here, but it seems like there's a lot of money being given by the schools themselves, 
Because, man, he doesn't every every conference say how much you can actually just give somebody. It's like three, four, five grand, something like that, to where it's like walk around money, you know, for yep. while you're in practice and so forth. Is that? Do you have any idea what that number is up to? I mean, it started when we first were doing the show and we started. It was in that neighborhood. It was between two and five grand. I thought the SEC was like the highest at forty five hundred or something. That's that. There's that. Then there's the stuff. The reason I mentioned John's brother is he was a you know he's a good looking guy. He wanted to be an actor. And uh, one of the places out there, and it wasn't, wasn't a, you know, a playgirl or anything where he was going to be naked. They wanted him to be a model over the summer, but it was like a Coles or somebody. He was going to be modeling like flannel shirts. And not with, his, not with his Cal Bears hat on or anything like that. The school said, I don't know, you can't do that. We, we own your likeness. You can't even be a... And, and he's not some good-looking girl off the volleyball team. He's a guy. And, you know, doing flannels. He was not nothing naked, nothing that says I'm going to be, I'm, you know... Look! Look! Look at my private parts. I'm from Cal. Nothing like that. It was just going to be there in a flannel shirt. And they said no. That's, that's how that's how cumbersome it was for people. I mean, well, you a- know, I had a student at Westminster College, and he was from uh, Singapore, I believe, or Thailand. And during the summer, he would go on these aerobatic like um, picture shoots. Really? Over the Grand Canyon, and he'd hang from a rope with a couple girls and everybody's naked and it was like this performance art and he got paid to make I think for these photo shoots and then he ended up as an acrobat in Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas really and now he's uh, he's a financial trader I think in, in the Singapore financial markets well I have yeah, this- but he got paid he got paid some serious dough and he was I mean why is it that he can do it as a student at Westminster but the guy at Cal couldn't do it well, because they, they when you, when you, when, they, when they give you the scholarship in their mind they own your yeah. name image and likeness you yeah. couldn't you couldn't show up uh, and do anything now my, my executive producer uh, Mr. Matty Weber once told me he was never going to die by a shark bite by jumping out of a parachute what's the third one Matty rock climbing rock climbing I'm going to add a fourth you're not going to get me to die hanging naked from a helicopter taking pictures <laughs> <laughs> hey these <laughs> photographs. Or spectacular. I mean, I'm pretty. I mean, I'm pretty libertarian, right? So, teach his own. And when I was looking at these photographs, I was like, "You guys actually do this?" Why, why would you have? To, I have a real quick <laughs> question. It made me blush looking at him, right? Other than but, the hey, the, the 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 people hanging from the ropes over the Grand Canyon, they were in really good shape. No they kidding. Were, and they were really fantastic <laughs> photos. Man. No, no kidding. I don't think you see a bunch of fatsos doing that. <laughs> so the guy, the guy's taking a picture of the Grand Canyon or the naked women in front of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> well, it was like they were intertwined, making these oh, shapes God. and stuff with their bodies. It was it was crazy, man. I can say the one in, one in a billion chance I ever did that, I would be clothed. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I think in my youth I might have done it because I was kind of like that. I was the guy at the high school kegger. They would walk around naked. Oh, God. <laughs> I was usually the guy streaking. That's why I can't run for office. Oh, God. So I, I probably, I probably would have done that in my, my late teens and early 20s. That's kind of how I was. Well, anyway, from what I see in this, it's kind of morphed into three different, and Matty, if you want to add to this, please do. It's morphed into like three different sections, sections segments. One is the money the school gives you, which appears to be, Okay, by everybody because you're you're doing something there. You can't work in the dining hall or have another job in case anybody ever wanted to. So that part I think is fairly straightforward. I'm gonna 
guess, Matty, I'm going to ask you, do you think that's part of the scholarship and not not considered employment where you I don't you know I don't remember if uh, although I'm going to say that my buddies who got like the little scholarships to Notre Dame and part of the scholarship was you had to work in the dining hall like 15 hours a week I'm going to say that was considered part of the scholarship and they didn't actually get a check and I don't think they had to pay social security and stuff I'm going to I think you're right about that um, I think so I'm I'm going to guess that the money they get from the university is probably not considered Income and you don't get a 1099 or a W-2. I don't know that. I'm going to have to ask somebody. There's that, and then there's the piece, like you're talking about, Hal, like like Paul would have gotten. And actually, a lot of the young ladies in some of the sports, I mean, a lot of them are spectacular. I mean, they're all in fantastic shape, obviously. But a lot of those girls are models. So they're getting those jobs on their own. And I'm going to say that uh, that money is, and I guess the guy, Mike Meyer, um, was Friday, or, uh, Kevin was saying he had like three deals and this kid from California, where I'm kind of getting to, his quarterback, he's coming back next year, right, Matty? He's making so much money there. And he's got like three or four deals. Yeah. He took the entire, he flew the entire offensive line <clears throat> to the Heisman thing on, yeah. on, on, by himself. So, I mean, the kid's making a bunch of dough. He didn't need to go pro next year. But then there's this whole new thing coming in where people are giving money to LLCs where they're arranging this all for these kids and they're paying them. That's the part I really don't understand that I find very fascinating how that's all going to work because these companies are going to have to make money. You can't hit somebody up every year. You're going to have to, these kids are going to have to pay taxes on this. And the kids are essentially, kids, the, the, the athletes are essentially employed by these companies, yet gifted over to the school to, to do push-ups and show up, whatever they tell them to do it. The, the phenomenon of that, I don't know of anything else I can see of that ever in economics. Have you held where, where the people are getting paid by a, a third party, even though, you know, it's, it's like, a, you know, it, it'd be weird. Like if somebody... Somebody sponsored all your t- uh, teaching assistants. Yet you get you had to tell them what time they had to be there and to go get your lunch and everything else. I don't know of any other business that's like that. Do you? Yeah, it's it's kind of strange, but you know, I think uh, it's funny that they can be paid in crypto too. Apparently, and then if they get paid in crypto, it's a it's a self employment income. It's taxed as self employment income. Uh, so I, I think so there, there, there are a lot of different ways to receive payment. I think, and, and one of it's crypto. And here's a problem: I'm on the TurboTax blog, looking at it, and uh, I find that interesting that somebody want to be paid in crypto. You know, I, I have a question for you, Helen. I don't know if you're a, a tax expert. We had a client years and years ago, and if, if I if I were to pay you in crypto, say whatever, you did some you know real work for me, and I was you know some big shot for some station or something, and I gave you a hundred grand in crypto. For uh, for doing some research, so 100 grand crypto that day. If you are, and I don't think you would ever be, if you were dumb enough to just hang on to the crypto, I think crypto is considered a capital asset. I, I believe. So, if if I give you uh, crypto at Bitcoin, say at seventeen thousand, now that's ordinary income to you at seventeen thousand a day. I give it to you. If it drops, yeah. to, if it yeah. drops to ten, I think you are screwed up to behind, buddy. Because I, I think that the ten thousand, the seven thousand dollars you just lost, is now capital loss, and you can only deduct three well, three thousand of that a year against the TurboTax. The TurboTax blog says when you sell the crypto, you're going to be taxed on any gains from the sale. Correct, but I'm talking well, and about I think if, you, if you make a capital loss, I think you'll be able to subtract that. Well, you you can subtract three grand a year. You can't subtract the whole number. 
Oh yeah, yeah. You can't do no way you can do that. Yeah. Because um, that's that's what I don't. Uh, you know, everybody knows I rail against you know some of the regulation in our business and how it just you know it, it punishes a small firm and really forces everybody to become a big firm. You know, and it, oh yeah, it's it's in like every other industry. I mean, the. I mean, the government essentially works for the big players, which is something we better yeah, solve it, in the next two years. Did you guys see my tweet about the um, convenience of need laws that are in some of these states? Like, for example, one of the reasons why, and I blogged about, or I tweeted about this during the pandemic, one of the reasons why we had a shortage of beds is because if an entrepreneur hospital, if an entrepreneur in the hospital space sees these high markups that these hospitals are making and wants to open up a hospital, the established firms, the, the administrators that are already in the space, they can just veto that new hospital. So we have an undersupply of hospitals and hospital beds and ICU beds. I mean, that's one reason why we had ICU filled up. Well, you know, they, also have these, they, have, they also have these con laws in things like trash collection. A kid from Montana was going to set up this uh, system where he, he, he hauls a dumpster to a construction site he gets filled up, and then he hauls it to the landfill and dumps it. But Republic Waste and Waste Management both paid $500 to veto this kid's uh, business at the state level with the con law. With a, uh, they call it a competitor's veto. Well, you they paid $500 to veto this kid's. They, they could eliminate their competitors with a $500 competitors veto without uh, i find that outrageous without being a raving monetarist which you're not you have some of the incredibly same instincts as milton friedman i don't know i'm accusing you of that i, I think it's it's more of a compliment than that a, than an accusation you think well, you, I, I take that as a compliment thank you very much you think <laughs> you think exactly like the guy because in, 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 it's it, just incredible that competitor uh, established firms incumbent firms can just say we don't want the competition if you would and be, the kid goes away. If you'd been in class with with Uncle Milty, he always had two. We got to go break here in a second. But he, he had two examples he always used of, of competition that was totally bleeped up. One was taxi cabs because the city was involved, and the other was yep. doctors. In those days, it wasn't hospitals. Doctors actually made all the money in the med, in the medical community. Imagine that doctors making the money. <laughs> how, yeah. how stupid is that, right? <laughs> Compared to well, now, now, now uh, the, at the university level, all the administrators make the money. Yeah, now they make all the money. Doctors don't make squat. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. he would say the the AMA is the one that approved, which was the doctors group, obviously, or still is. They're the ones that approved not only the new med schools but the number of med schools. Yeah. So it's the same thing as the people who are in the garbage disposal business approving anybody new coming in. Yeah. I mean, the the, the best. I, I just kind of find that. That that goes on in the United States. I mean, not a lot of people know about this. Well, if you if you open your eyes at all, the the, the oldest example probably was the uh, uh, Civil Aeronautics Bureau. If any if yep. everybody looks yep. at the FCC, the FCC regulates. No, the FAA. Who's the guy? The uh, FAA regulates all the maintenance and all the other BS that goes on with the. But the people that, that regulate how many regu- how many airlines there can be was the CAB. And before there was, quote, competition, in the 30s, there were a certain number of airlines. And from the 30s to, I'm going to say, the 70s, one would think that air travel increased, like, quite a bit, right, Now, Yet there was not, yeah. not one single new airline approved in that 40 years because all the other guys said, we can handle it. 
Eastern United. Well, yeah, I think Pan Am. I think Pan Am had uh, monopoly flights, right? Oh, Nobody, no, no other airline carrier could be on the same routes that they could. And I think one of the reasons why Pan Am went under is because they couldn't handle all these new competitors coming in. And that's what happens. You have a big bloated bureaucracy at a firm, and you have a monopoly position, and you sit on your laurels with that monopoly yeah. position. All of a sudden, you have to face the competition. You get buried by them because they're out working one of the first, uh, uh, and out hustling you. One of the first places that there was competition allowed was in the international, and then it secondly yeah. was in the charter business. We got to go to break. Yeah. Maybe I can tell that, but the, the same thing. The, the government creates the monopoly, which is so yeah, you, exactly. I think before he even knew what it was, Uncle Milty might have been a libertarian to a certain extent. SBV is up eighteen. Nasdaq is up seventy-one. We're leaking here a little bit. Hopefully, we'll stay up. I'm long for my clients. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now. Hello, Rope Stacks and Giants. I'm Tom Allen. We're on the board. SP Futures up 1950. NASDAQ Futures up 79. A little study here on uh, CNBC says that a guy like Hal in New York to be New York, Newark, and Jersey City to be middle class ranges from 56 grand a year to 169 grand. I'm going to say making 56 grand in New York does not think you're, you doesn't feel like you're in the middle of anything other than the middle of poverty, but that's just me. Uh, we have like SP Futures up 19. We have Individual stacks in the Dow. Home Depot is up two two fourteen. Goldman Sachs up two sixty two. Microsoft up two thirty 
Big clunker again today is Tesla down another 508 to 118. Uh, Dow futures up 130. Over in Europe, we've got pretty good rallies here. DAX up 102.7%. Puts you up 91. That's over 1%, 1.2%. Uh, CAC around up 32. That's 0.5%. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei. Um, they, they, they're closed. They were, uh, last time they traded was 1230. The uh, Hang Seng, however, is open. They're up 363. That's 1.8%. Over 20,000. Man, I would have, what a great buy at 14.5. I regret not doing that. If I could have, I'd buy the Fang Seng. I guess there's an ETF somewhere. Uh, Shanghai up 27. That's 0.9%. 31.16 on the Shanghai. Uh, as a way of review on Friday, where Dow was down 73. S&P down 10. NASDAQ down 11. This is after being up pretty huge on Thursday. Uh, bonds, 10-year down 7 basis points. 3.76 was going to 4%, but now going the other way. Uh, Bund... 2.38, that's down 7 basis points. Japan down 4 basis points to 0.41. We've got oil uh, down 84 cents, 79.42, back under 80 bucks. Brent down 87 cents, 85.04. Natural gas down 42 cents, 404. That's way lower than the beginning of last year. And everybody's gas bills are up 40 to 50 to maybe 100%, which is weird. Arbob down 5 cents, 242. Gold. Big move here, up 19 bucks, 18.45. Silver up 44 cents. That's almost 2%. 24.48. Copper up two cents, 3.83. We've got Bitcoin down a buck. So call that flat, 16,719. And we've got the dollar actually up pretty strong today, up a whole uh, 1% against the euro. Euro's 1.05. It's been 106 for a while. A British pound down to 1.19. It's been 120 for a while. So kind of odd that the dollar is up and gold is up as well. That doesn't usually happen. Anybody got for us, Trevi, Weather Sports? 39 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone <clears throat> out there. Uh, we're still off to a decent start here on a Tuesday morning, although traffic volumes are starting to grow as everyone returns to work. We had an earlier crash uh, down on the south side on the Dan Ryan. That's been cleared. Uh, but slow travel times coming in on the Ryan, I-57, and the Bishop Ford. Uh, we're seeing a lot of red on the Stevenson and Eisenhower as well, but again, no accidents to report. Edens and Kennedy are looking okay, as is Lakeshore Drive. Only crash in the area right now, according to our map, is in Downers Grove, Main Street at US 34, which is Ogden Avenue. There is a crash causing delays. Everything else looking okay out there. Weather today, rain in the forecast on and off today uh, with a high of 46. Right now it's rainy and 42 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, rain in the forecast down there as well, uh, but a high of 58. Right now it's overcast and 50 degrees down in Phoenix. In sports, the Bulls blew a big lead and ultimately lost in overtime to the Cavs, 145-134. to Donovan Mitchell was the story, scoring 71 points uh, for the Cavs, the most in an NBA game since Where did that guy come from, eh? Um, he played at Louisville. Really? And then he was at, with the Utah Jazz for a while, and then they, they uh, made a big blockbuster trade in the offseason, and he went to Cleveland because they didn't think he was going to resign with Utah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he uh, not only scored 71, but he had 11 assists and 8 rebounds, and he had the uh, purposefully missed free throw and put back with 3 seconds to go to tie the game and send it into overtime, which was a spectacular play. And the Zebra refused to say that he went in the lane too soon. Yes, which replays show that he was clearly in the lane too soon. But the Bulls lose that one, a tough loss there. Suns were blown out by the Knicks, 102-83. to in hockey, Blackhawks were off. They'll host the Lightning tonight at the United Center. That's a 7.30 Central Time puck drop. Coyotes were off as well. They're at the Florida Panthers tonight. In college football, Illinois played in the ReliaQuest Bowl against Mississippi State. Had a 10-3 lead in the second half, but uh, blew up in the fourth quarter. and Ended up losing to Mississippi State 19-10 in the ReliaQuest Bowl. 
Lastly, a scary incident on Monday Night Football last night. It was 7-3 Bengals uh, with about seven minutes to go in the first quarter when uh, there was a uh, collision that uh, resulted in Bear, Bill's defensive back, Damar Hamlin, collapsing on the field, apparently suffered cardiac arrest, was given CPR and treatment on the field, um, and then was taken to the hospital. He's in critical condition right now, uh, but apparently his vitals are stable, uh, so that's good news. We'll keep you posted as we learn more about that. Chief. Um, when everybody says how the world is, is going to hell and they want the good old days, you didn't want to flop on the field 20 years ago nope. like that because, I mean, it would not, there was no chance of you coming off there. And this kid, I think, has a chance. So, Yeah, they, uh, they have, uh, you know, obviously an ambulance there. They have each team has a medical crew, and then they have an uh, uh, independent medical crew um, there. And they were giving him CPR and AED and all that stuff on the field and then got him in the ambulance and got him to the hospital. And you're right, uh, you know, I don't know if 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, I don't know if he's that lucky. Yeah, I don't think he would have been close. Here, uh, how's this one? I'm going to go back to my uh, dumb mayor, the original Richard Daly. Here's the headline. Gold surges to six-month high, and analysts expect new records for 2023. And I'm going to put my Dick Dick, Dick Daly hat on, or Richard, Richard Daly hat on, and say, who are these analyzers? Just saying. <laughs> I mean, he would the famous line. He, you don't. I'm sure you don't remember. Some reporter said to him, "There's been all these allegations," and he goes, "Who are all these alligators? Show them to me." <laughs> Which is a actually an interesting line because whenever somebody, I don't know why on this show we don't do it, Al, but I don't ever say if if I say something, I try and say it myself, and so do you. We don't say. I don't hear you say. Well, most economists say. You just give us your opinion, which is what we're looking for, right? Yeah, I I don't have that luxury. I think if you um, on a college campus, if you say, "Well, most people agree with me," and you can say something outrageous, yeah. If I had said something like that, um, uh, I would probably not have a job. Or they'd say, so "Show, show got, me one." I always have to use logic and reason, and and cite evidence, and then I also focus on commonalities with my colleagues. So I'm very careful how I say things on a college campus. I don't have the luxury of the herd. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't stand it when when uh, newscasters or commentators will say something like that. Yeah, it's a – so, Hal, you, you mention a lot. It's a cop-out. Well, you, you mention a lot. cop-out for doing research. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin you here a little bit because you mention a lot about these areas and where this – you don't use the term concentration area as much as I do, but you get to the same place. In, in my opinion, again, it's one man's opinion, and one of the reasons why I don't think the Fed should go whole hog on this inflation fighting, because I think right now they only control some percentage of the, quote, inflation. I mean, they never should have blow up the money supply the way they did, and obviously it has to come down some to get some normality. But the price level which they're facing, which is the problem for regular people, I think 40, 50, 60, maybe more percentage of it is all, is, it turns out to be, once it gets institutionalized, they don't control it. And my, what I'm saying is, they can run the money, they can run interest rates to 40% if they want and turn us into a, you know, no economy whatsoever. And it's still going to cost you eleven grand a night to stay in a hospital in Chicago. It's not coming down. I mean, cause it's it's so because it's the same thing we just talked about. Nobody can open up a hospital right now and say I'll, I'll do something cheaper. Same way with the electric bill. I, I can't see 
Maddie, is your gas bill going to come down because the Fed moves up half a percent? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so, I mean, so much of what people do, so much of what people's income now, especially if some poor, I'm going to say some poor bastard, some guy actually bought a car in the last two years with a with a 10, 10 year uh, time horizon on the payments, that's not coming down if he paid 20 grand over list in the last two years because they poured it on money. I think most people, yeah, your, your, the price of potatoes might come down and the gasoline at the pump because even though nobody agrees with me, that's relatively competitive. I don't think more than 30, 40% of what people spend now is competitive at all. You know, and I, at some point here, these places got to get busted up. You can't have hospitals not letting a new hospital in and things like that. I don't see how that happens at all, either a Democrat or Republican. I mean, we're, we're getting so locked in. We're, we're, getting to be, we're, we're becoming Europe where everything is just totally controlled by a few people in every industry. And that's not a, that's yeah, not a good yeah. place. I don't think I don't think there's much the Fed can do. The Fed creates the business cycle; it causes the boom and the bust, and all these uh, projects that wouldn't have gotten financed get financed. The ones with expected returns of one, two, three, four percent get financed uh, when interest rates are pushed low. So the Fed creates malinvestment, overconsumption, and unemployment. It feels good. Unemployment's low, and then the way it cures the inflation that it creates. Um, the way it cures it is by causing pain to middle income and lower people with high interest rates who lose their jobs. So I think the Fed uh, is basically the creator of the wealth gap between uh, the very wealthy and everybody else. I think that's what the Fed does. The way we get rid of these this highest cost of living is we have to get rid of these things called con laws. We have to get rid of all these rules and restrictions that limit abilities the ability of people to pursue their passions. You know, the kid Montana had a passion. He was he 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 saw that a service wasn't being provided, and he was going to jump in that space. And guess what? The two monopoly firms, one on trash, one on recycling, nix it. Oh yeah. Right. So we have to get away from that. So the way we fix this is by taking the restraints off and just saying to people, "Look, we're gonna. You want to throw a seed in the backyard?" An acorn in the backyard that turns into an oak, that's great. Uh, do your thing. We're going to leave you alone, and we're going to let you prosper. But right now, what we have is all, all these people who are incumbents in these industries are asking their politicians to restrict, <coughs> give them the tools, or create the tools that restrict the competition so they don't have to face it. And that, to me, is uh, neo-Soviet-style economic planning. I mean, the TV industry in Moscow, Russia, didn't have to face the competition. And as a result of that, TVs were the number one source of apartment fires. So we have to get rid of this. We have a... I mean, if you really think about it, our system is very Soviet-style. We have government rules and regulations that limit these firms' competitors. And they don't have to be as innovative as they would have to be if they had to face the competition. We have to, re- we have to unrestrain the economy. We unrestrain the economy. Well, okay. And you're going to have deflation. Or how do I, you're going to have prices coming down, and people will be able to afford to live in places like New York City. Okay, you can you can say that from the bully pulpit. The pulpit, you don't have a bully pulpit, even though you're, a, even though you're a professor. The pulpit, you can say it to me, you can say it to the listeners. And by the way, there's not a soul on earth, except for maybe the head of Commonwealth Edison, who's going to disagree with you. Because after all... 
competition is the best thing in the world for every industry but mine because in my industry it's cutthroat competition, right? Yeah. All, all these pro-business Republicans, they're, they're pro-business. That is, that's not pro-free market. No. I used to think pro-business was pro-free markets. It's not. No, it's not. Pro-business is these business, these elites, these, these incumbents in these firms, they want free markets in the things that they purchase for their production. But they do not want free markets in the areas that they sell it. They want protection. Well, because that's different. And every industry is like that. And that's why we have the system that we have right, right now. All right, so my, I guess my question is, nobody will disagree with you. <clears throat> I don't think. There will be a few bumps that will, but nobody will not. But how do we get from point A to point B? How do we get a governor who's got the balls to say, uh, hey, Commonwealth Edison, People's Gas, last year when we had inflation, you couldn't wait to run down here and get your prices doubled, for God's sake. Well, guess what? Gas is back down to 4 bucks. Next, next, next uh, bill is down forty percent. How do you even, how do you even do that in, in, in today's world when all they do is give money to these people? I don't see that happening at all. I mean, I don't see it ever happening. It's only gone one way in my lifetime. I mean, I mean, look at the business I was in. We had thousands of people on the trading floors competing, and now we got ten people, and they'll tell you they're they're doing a great job, even though I trade for people every day and, and they don't. Oh, well, I also go to. Well, I think there's very few revolutions in the world, and there was one about 200 years ago, and there's very few revolutions. So I think the natural course, the equilibrium, the equilibrium state of society is to always push towards a tyranny state, and that's kind of where we're headed to. We're just headed toward this tyranny state where the FBI partners and, and uh, the, the uh, intelligence agencies partner with academia, social media, they partner and they're going to force this tyranny on us whether we want it or not. And I'm not sure we'll have the ability to have a revolution. I mean, they won't even let counties in Oregon um, secede from Oregon. The, the counties that want to form the greater Idaho with Idaho counties, they won't let that happen. In California, there's no way the two senators represent the rural red counties of California. They no. represent San Francisco and Beverly Hills. They don't represent all those people out in those rural counties. They won't let California split apart into probably would be better more representation if they let the, that state break into six parts. The only problem they won't is let Illinois uh, break Chicago from all the rural counties outside of Chicago. Well, the problem and is, I think that's you. You have to have that. You you have to have the ability to divorce in a, an oppressive government. And if you don't allow people to vote, to divorce an oppressive government, then you're going to get people rising up and taking arms to separate. Well, what what makes you think votes. if you do that? Um, I was involved in a thing once where we didn't necessarily like the leadership so much in some place. And guess what? We weren't involved in the process of selecting the new leadership. The new leadership was way worse. How do you? Yeah, what, uh, that usually happens too, right? But I, I'm the not first so guy sure. in is more benevolent. The next guy in is uh, paternalistic and uh, uh, tyrannical. Well, I mean, you control the dialogue right now. We, we've allowed. I'm not going to get into a, a COVID vaccine versus whether it works, doesn't work, or that kind of crap. But the fact is, even even if you were, you know, some dude. Uh, you know, in the, in the fourth fourth moon off Alpha Centauri, where people live there, listening to the news here, somebody there is going to say, "Wait a minute! You let these pharmaceutical companies get so big that they're the ones that are doing the research for you, tell, telling you how good their stuff is." You, 
You can't do that. I mean, and, anybody, and then you give them yeah. legal liability in case their product is yeah. dangerous. But everybody, but, but, but if it's, I would say that the average American, even, you know, what George Carlin say, look how dumb the average guy is and think half of them are dumber now. I don't think, I don't think people are necessarily that dumb. I think if you actually sat them in a room and said, this is what's happening, these are these people doing, somebody's going to, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> the same guy who's who's giving you the research is the guy selling you the stuff. That's not right. I mean, I, I don't think anybody here thinks that's right. Yet it's happening. I mean, I don't think anybody yeah. thinks that. And, and, and you were blocked on social media for even pointing that out. But why? Speaking of speaking of boy dumb, and I don't want to call people dumb on the show, but speaking of, of dumb, this this whole crypto situation and this guy this Bankman Freed. This is uh, you know this is a question that goes to your concerns about government and influence and so forth. The regulators that are now piling all into this, they can't wait to get their face on TV. Why don't we, I mean, I I don't like to see anybody get hurt. Uh, You know know that. I mean, you've known me long enough. Oh, I don't either. Yeah. Uh, But I don't don't like to see them separated from the money. I don't see anybody want to get cheated. I mean, it's just, but how is it someplace, somewhere, if, if, if people go off the reservation and tell you they don't want to be part of the system by any dra- stretch, then something goes wrong, they're mad. I was talking to uh, one of my guys who go nameless, and his firm will go nameless, but they do some stuff in the crypto area. They're not, they're not main t- major market makers or anything, but one of the guys, somehow or another, they ended up with these, I, you know, I don't understand the token part. It's more of a Mitty Weber question, but there's all these tokens that are out there. Right? It's not just whenever I give Bitcoin in the morning, to me, that's, you know, but obviously there's Ethereum and there's other there's some of these other ones, but the uh, there's some of these tokens and these guys put a uh, an order in and somehow or another the price on the order was wrong. And the thing was trading for I'm going to say 200 bucks or something. Put an order in and, and they, they got filled at like a dollar on a few of them, not a lot, but instead of like the thing just traded, you know, so I'm going to say 200. I don't know the actual. So there was no no exchange you could call, no PTI to say. Hey, check time and sales. How the hell do I get filled at a dollar when a thing's 150 bid? The point is, it wouldn't happen at PTI. It wouldn't happen at one of these exchanges. Or if it did, you'd get a fix. They'd say, "Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> how can how can you fill my client at a buck with your 150 bid? Oh, okay, we'll make that 150." I mean, you have. To, I'm not saying you're going to get between the bid and the offer, but at least going to get the bid. Why are why do people? I mean, I have reasons to dislike the regulatory group because they put a lot of competing people out of business and they're stuck with four firms and they think they're doing a great job and I think they basically suck, but that's that's just me. Uh, but how is it that, that, that people have this incredible... They don't understand in the areas what rules and exchanges do for you. That's why the, you know, the uh, um, Freed, there wasn't any real exchange there. There wasn't anybody watching him. I mean, what, what, I'm not saying that you always have to have somebody watching everybody, you know, but why do people think you can go to the Bahamas and get the same treatment when you when you absolutely leave, I'm going to say the regulated area. They're, they're not regulated. I mean, when I say regulated, the people at the CBOE when they formed it, they made the rules to protect clients because they wanted people to feel like they could trade there fairly. It wasn't the SEC yeah. mandating it. People did it because it was the right thing to do, and people aren't going to trade here if it's if it's a scumbag. So how, why do people go off the reservation to go in these other areas? And, they, and they, these things hurt them, and they, they think there's somebody to to appeal to, and there isn't. But they went there on purpose. I don't. I don't get it. Do you? Well, I, th- I think what's going on here is, you know, Bankman Freed is in the Bahamas for obvious reasons, right? Yeah. But I think the average Joe investor 
who might have been influenced by them purchasing the naming rights to some stadium or some basketball arena and then meeting with members of the SEC, the guy that leads the SEC, all these people kind of blessing him, you know, former presidents, former prime ministers are hanging out with him and Scaramucci at this conference. You know, the guy's benevolent. Some people buy into that stuff. The nice guy, benevolent. I'm going to give a billion dollars away. I never bought that stuff. But all this stuff creates an aura of legitimacy. And so people get fooled into it. I think the reason why people get fooled into a lot of stuff is because the federal government has created a system that creates an enormous amount of moral hazard of people. I had this conversation with an economist one time that was presenting at A&T State University down in Greensboro, and he goes, well, the savings rate is low. I go, well, the savings rate is low because you don't need to save for that rainy day because you have unemployment benefits, and uh, Uncle Sam's going to give you Social Security, so why should you save? If it wasn't for all that stuff, the savings rate would be a lot higher. Hell and he had nothing to come back on that. Hell the savings so the rate federal is- government has created this system of moral hazard. Well, you know, we see these priests, the state, blessing these guys. And Sam Bateman Free was blessed by all the big former presidents, prime ministers, the head of the SEC. He was blessed by all of those guys. He's passing around money. The media is making him out to be this, you know, this charitable guy, you know, this vegan charitable guy. And so people buy that stuff. They don't do their due diligence because they think all these people who have blessed him, they've done all that work. So we have this incredible amount of moral hazard. And we, we make really bad choices. Instead of buying a house that we could afford, we buy a huge house that we can't afford because we want to keep up with the Joneses and the Fed has made interest rates really cheap. Well, I think one of the reasons people don't say... just created all kinds of moral hazard, Tom. I think they have, but I also think that most people are not making $100 a week living on 80 like you did in the 60s. But I'm going yeah. to have to lob this one out there. Without Bankman Freed doing all this stuff, why exactly did the executive producer of Stocks and Jacks, Mr. Matt Weber, uh, not get a like a $200,000 thing for Stocks and Jacks from this guy if it was there for their taking? Good question. I'd, I'd, I'd give some of the <laughs> I'd, I'd make a huge story about giving some to charity or something. We could have used the two hundred k. I don't think Kel- I, don't, I don't want my I don't want my investment company to be giving away billions of dollars, man. I'm, I'm sorry, I just don't. I want them focused on earning earning profits for myself, man. I want to retire early. But, right? but I don't want. But are you to be benevolent? But you don't you don't want your politician giving away gas like Willie Wilson, but it wouldn't stop you from hopping in line, would it? Well, I'd probably hop in line, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, Happy New Year again, buddy. As if you was up 23 days, if you was up 93. Yeah, Matty, we could have used a million bucks. I don't see California giving it back to you. Just saying. Nope. I'll be back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708 403 2727. 
DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.